This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. We left off last week, we were discussing um, about davening for a non-Jew. Halachic issues, if you want to daven for a someone you work with, a co-worker, a neighbor, a friend, someone you have a relationship with and they're not Jewish. So we mentioned there are two major problems if you want to daven for a non-Jew. Problem number one is based on Halach and Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says you're not allowed to give medical treatment to a non-Jew. So if you're not allowed to give medical treatment to a non-Jew, presumably you're not allowed to daven for a non-Jew. So that's what we just started to discuss a little bit last, uh, last time. So some Achreinim come up with an interesting uh, loophole. They want it, Ravadja mentions this and the Tshuva, others mention this also. They say there's a very big difference between davening for someone and you know, doing open heart surgery on them. The Shulchan Aruch prohibits you to do active work on a guy to save him. Right? A guy drops dead in front of you, you start doing CPR, that's awesome. But what's davening? Davening is I give a prayer and I hope Hashem you know, does his magic. He does what he wants. So when the Shulchan Aruch prohibited me to daven, the Shulchan Aruch never prohibited me to daven for a guy. It said I can't give medical treatment to a guy. So we assume they're the same thing. So many Achreinim say they're not the same thing. Davening is much more of a hands-off activity. You're a step removed. You're not directly saving the person. And for that reason, many Achreinim want to suggest that davening would be considered okay. They also base it on a Taz. The Taz says that you're allowed to save a non-Jew in an indirect way. Meaning, again, if a, a, a guy has a heart attack in front of you, so according to the Shulchan Aruch, you can't do CPR, unless it's Eva, uh, or he's not an Oivet Avaydazar. But let's say it's a Grama. Let's say, for example, you're a big hotshot doctor, and you can tell that the epis, something is going on with him, and by doing so, you can directly or indirectly save his life. So the Taz says, Grama you can do. So they bring a great Raya. What's a great Raya that a Jew saved a non-Jew's life indirectly? Mordechai. Purim story. Mordechai heard that two people talking Mixam Vesarish, talking about assassinating Achashverish. So Mepharshim asked, who gave Mordechai the right to save Achashverish? Again, if Achashverish would have dropped dead in front of him, besides for Eva, he wouldn't have been allowed to save him. So why was he allowed to do it over here? There was no Eva. Because no one would have known that Mordechai knew what Mixam Vesarish were talking about. So why was it permissible for Mordechai to go save the king? The answer is because it was only Garama. It wasn't direct. He heard two people talking with a plot, and therefore he stopped the plot. So that you see that when you're doing indirect activity, it is mutter. So therefore, for that reason, many Achreinim want to suggest that prayer, davening, is considered indirect. I'm not directly saving the dead, uh, my, my, my co-worker. I'm praying, and through davening, hopefully Hashem will, will fix it. So that's one sad lahaka. Another issue with allowing a Jew to daven for a non-Jew is a violation called loisi chane. The Gemara says, we spoke about this many times, so the Gemara learns that three things from that passage. You're not allowed to sell land to a non-Jew in Eretz Yisrael. You're not allowed to compliment a non-Jew. And you're not allowed to give presents to a non-Jew. That's all included in Loisi Chonim. So one could argue that if I pray, if I daven for a non-Jew, that should be Loisi Chonim. And the truth is it's a Mephoshim Magen Avram. Magen Avram Paschus and Amazon that towards the end of benching we end off Right before Ba'amorim Yilamdu, we say, uh, we bench everyone. Everyone should get blessed. So the Magad Avram says, what happens if you're at a mixed meal? There's non-Jews at the meal. So he says, you have to say, everyone should be blessed, only B'nai Bris, not the non-Jews. Why, says the Magad Avram? Loisi Chanim. To give a bracha to a non-Jew would be a violation of Loisi Chanim. 
So if I'm not allowed to give a bracha to a non-Jew, how can I daven for a non-Jew? So the answer to that to me is very simple. We know that there are many ways around loisi chanin. There are many ways to get around that violation. Why are you allowed to give a tip to the garbage man? Why are you allowed to tip the waiter in the, in the restaurant? The answer is because you're doing it for yourself. We, I think we did a whole share in here once about it. It's not so simple, a halacha, but loisi chanim is usually if there's a reason why I'm doing it. Let's say at work, everyone gets together and buys a coworker or something. If I don't give it, I'm going to be the you know the, the cheap Jew in the, in the in the company. So you're doing it for yourself. So here also, if I'm davening for a coworker, I'm davening for a business partner. It's a selfish reason. I want my coworker to survive because I have perks to get out of it, or I do business with him, or in my case, was it's my wife's grandmother's aid, and she's very good, and I want her to live because I want her to keep my grandmother, my wife's grandmother happy because she's very picky on the people that take care of her. So it's always an incentive for me. Then it's not loy sichanim. Other people want to say it differently. They want to say that when the Mug and Avram say you're not allowed to bless goyim, that's included with Jews. I'm blessing Jews and goyim together. That's terrible. But I'm just blessing a guy by himself. That's not a problem. And this is really the psaq from Rabbi Chaim Palaji. Rabbi Chaim Palaji Paskin. This is what Rabbi Vajit bases on. And later, Rabbi also. That as long as there's something for you to benefit out of the guy recovering, you would be permitted to daven for the guy. Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky was asked this question, is it permissible to daven for a non-Jew? And his answer was yes. He didn't say, well, it depends. Is he even a Vaidazara? Is he a Muslim? Is he a Christian? Is he an atheist? He said it's mut. They asked the same question to Rav Moshe Feinstein, not in Igris Moshe, but in the Sefer Mesoiris Moshe, written by Rabbi Tendler, where he records conversations that took place with Rav Moshe Feinstein. And there he writes, Rav Moshe Feinstein also permitted a, non, a Jew to pray, to daven, for a non-Jew. Now, do not confuse this with what people point out throughout history. Many G'doyim have davened for presidents. For example, they say Rabbi Aaron Kotler made a Mishabeach for Eisenhower. They say that uh, Rabbi Victor Miller gave a Mishabeach to uh, Reagan. That's completely different. And this is when it came up last year when Donald Trump, who was the president at the time, got COVID. There was a big tumult. Should you make a Mishabech for him in Shul? And the truth is, first of all, based on what we said till now, there's nothing wrong with davening for him because why? I, we all presumably gained by him being the president because look where the country is a year later when he's not the president. We wanted him to live. We wanted him to you know, do well and be matzliach and make us money. So that's one issue. So that goes without saying. But there's another issue over here. There's no raya that you can daven for a president because we know we're supposed to daven for the government. That's why there's instituted in the davening the Hanoisin Chu, the Tvila, not Hanoisin Chu, the Tvila for the, for the, for the government. Some shul still say it, Ari Yemazeh. A special Hanoisin Chu, Malachim, for the government. Right? He's supposed to daven for the government. Because you need to have a stable government. If not, you have third world country type of activity. So therefore, there's no raya that people daven for president. So even though Grada, there was, everyone was tumbling about, should you daven for Trump? Should you daven for Trump? For me, this, it never got off. It's not even a Shiloh. Because first of all, you have personal interest. I think we all have personal interest. And secondly, you want to daven for the stability of the government. And Reb Zilberstein, who is Reb Eliashev, son of Paskin, that you should have said to Misha Beirach when Donald Trump was, was sick with COVID. Now here's the interesting Shiloh. When you daven for a guy, what name do you use? Do you use his father's name or do you use his mother's name? So you got to go back a step and ask, why when we daven for a Jew, do we use the Jew? Why do we use a mother's name? But everything, everything else goes after the father's name. Why when it comes to prayer for someone who's sick, we use the mother's name? So the truth is there's a marshal. The earliest that I can find was the marshal. The marshal was very early. It was the late 1500s. One of the earliest. He was the uncle of the Ramah. The marshal says that the reason why, it's fascinating to think about, the reason why when a person gets a Mishabeach L'Choyle and we use his mother's name, writes the marshal, is because you always know who the mother is. You don't always know who the father is. You don't always know? 
Yeah, today we have DNA testing, I understand. But in, in the late 1500s, there was no guarantee. It's only a chazaka. You, we know, how do we know you're the father? Mechatesa. Because Chazaka dictates two people are married. The, the assumption is that the father is the man she's married to. But it's, it's not 100% ironclad. It's possible she was Mazana and the, fa- and the baby someone else. But the mother, we know who the mother is. That's not a question. Now, the truth is today, it's not so simple. Today, because they can play around with so many different things, they could take someone else's eggs and put it in someone else's body. Okay, I'm not sure. But back then, the baby's mother was always known. So therefore says the Marshal, as does the Chassam Seifer, the reason why we use the mother's name for Chayla is because we know that's who clearly is the parent. And the truth is, we mentioned this in the Chumash a few weeks ago in Parshish Emma, the Torah's Kahanim says that. The Pasuk says, by a Kayin, he's allowed to be metamed to his mother and his father. So the Torah's Kahanim says, what's the Chiddush? So the Torah's Kahanim says, I would think you're only allowed to be metamed to your mother because you know for sure she's your mother. But your father, how do you know he's your father? It's only Chazaka. Who says Chazaka allows you to be metama? Even his father. So you see such a concept that the difference between a father and a mother is the, the 100% idea that, he's, that they're the parent. The Ben Yoyada, who was the Ben Ishchai, one of the great Svardish Rabbonim of the 1800s, so he writes, in his Sefer Ben Yoyada, he writes, V'ha'oylam, the Velt says such a pshat. The Velt says that the reason why you, we use the mother's name is because we know the mother is the parent and the father is questionable. He says that I don't like it. So I think this is very, very insulting to fathers across the world. It basically says that in every father, we're not sure if you're really, he's really your father. Says the, the Ben Ishchai. That's like Moitzi Laz. That's insulting. It's derogatory to all the fathers of the world. So he doesn't like this pshat. So he says, so what's Taka pshat then? So he says a beautiful pshat. He says because women have more schos than men. Why do women have more schos than men? Says the ben, says the ben Ishchai, because women have less mitzvahs. And they don't have mitzvah of Talmud Torah. So when there's a kitrug on a lady, there's much less she can get in trouble for. Well, because she was mevatel Torah, she doesn't have to learn Torah. What, she didn't uh, shake lulav? She doesn't have to shake lulav. There's much less for her to do wrong that would create a kitrug in Shemayim. But a man, there's so much we can do wrong. We have so many mitzvahs that we're supposed to be learning Torah, so we don't want to use a man. Because a man's chance of getting his tefillahs heard are lower than a woman's. Therefore, writes the Ben Yoda, that's why the minig became that we use the woman's name over the man's name. Now what's interesting is that he, Ben Ishchai wrote another sefer called Shailas and Shuvah's Torah Lishma. And in that sefer, he writes both these pshatim, like they're both acceptable pshatim. And later, Achorin Amas, they say, one second, didn't he write in Ben Yoda that he thought this chat was ridiculous? And then in Teru Lushma, he writes both reasons? So it's a little bit of a kasha. But what would be a nafkemina? A nafkemina? By a guy. What do you do by a guy? So by a guy, what are you going to tell me? You want to use Donald Trump's mother's name because his father has a kitchen on him? He's not Jewish, who cares? But if it's a question of who his parent is, by a guy, you have even a stronger reason to doubt who the parent is. So Rav Moshe was quoted in this Messiah's Moshe. Rav Moshe says, for this reason, he thinks it's partial that by a guy, you should definitely use the mother's name. Because there's even more reason to suspect who the father is. Therefore, Paskin Rav Moshe, that by a guy, you should use the mother's name. They quote the same, Rav Zilberstein said that when they were davening for Donald Trump last year, he said to use the father's name. Not sure why, but that was his psak. But Rav Moshe said, you should use the mother's name. Now what happened... Because the Rebbeinu Shalom knows who's the father. Uh-uh. So what happens? What's the meaning of to say the mother? Because we... But the Rebbeinu Shalom oh. knows. So that's why, that's why many pais can point out. Let's say you don't know the mother's name. So they say, well, it depends. If you don't know the mother's name, use the father's name. Let's say you don't know the father's name. So Rebbeinu Shalom writes, use the name of the city. 
And others say, use the last name. Because the Gemara says that when you're diving for a choyle before you don't even have to say the name. If let's say you go to the hospital, where well, hopefully let people come to hospitals again, and you're sitting in the bed with the choyle next to the choyle. You don't have to use his name, you can just daven. You should get healed, you should get, you don't have to say his name. You only have to use names, and the Mishtabur Paskas, like this is in, in some in, uh, Kuf Yutas, Mishtabur Paskas, that if you're standing next to the Chayla, you don't have to use his name. It's only when you shall be fond of. You're in Shul, and the Chayla's in the hospital. So, uh, they call from the stipler, the stipler said, let's say, it's, let's say you want to daven for a Godel, but you don't know his name. So he says you can use the name of his Sefer. He says that when the stipler used to daven for Abchatzkel Abramsky, Pachatzkel Bramsky was one of the great Kedolim. And when he was sick and the stipler didn't know his mother's name, he davened for the, the Divri Cheskel. That was the name of his Sefer. He wrote a commentary on the Tesefta when he was in Siberia, when he was, uh, when he was uh, imprisoned. He wrote a commentary on Tesefta. We don't even learn Tesefta. And he wrote a commentary on it in Siberia, just to explain to you what type of god he was. And that's what he used. So others suggest that if you don't know the mother's name, you can use the name Chava. Because everyone, Chava Aim, she was the mother of everyone. So you use Chava. But here's an interesting shaila. Very often we daven for people that are not sick. And my wife was, said, was showing me there's a, a, a girl who's in an in in iguna situation. Her husband's being a real piece of work and he's not giving her a get. And they're davening for her that she should get a get. So I looked at the name, they said her name, Bas, her mother's name. I said, she's not sick. She married a sick person, sadly, but she's not sick. Oh, let's say for Shaduchim. You want to daven for a girl that she should find the shaduchim. She's not sick. There's nothing wrong with her. But she's going through a difficult time. So Rav Shalom is you only use the mother's name if she's a chayla. If she's healthy, you're diving for someone to find a job. They're not sick. So then you don't use the mother's name, you use the father's name. Rav Eliashev disagrees. Rav Eliashev says, no, you always use the mother's name except after death. The only time we switch back is after death. That's why in a matzeva, the name is always going to be the father's name except for Svaidim. Svardim, many Svardim have a practice that even on the Matseva, and even when they do things Ilonishmas, right? You hear people doing learning Ilonishmas. What's always? It's always the father's name. But by some Svardim, even some Ashkenazim, they use the mother's name also. They don't stop. They, they use the mother's name afterwards. But predominantly Ashkenazim after death switch back to the father, uh, uh, switch back to the, the mother. Svardim continue using the mother, while Ashkenazim switch back to use the Father, next week I want to talk about two topics that come out of last week's parasha and this week's parasha. One has to do with carrying a gun in shul, which is very relevant today because many people are packing heat in shul. And the other thing I want to talk about is is rabbinic positions avail up for Yerusha. After a rabbi passes, does this job go to his son automatically? They can't even open up the the uh, possibility for outside candidates and this is all found in this week's parasha. We'll get to it next week.